Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate, and Steve Kelly. Well, good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the program. Illini Fellows Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock today. On a chilly Saturday morning, March the 26th, 40 degrees, wind chill factor of 31 right now, but we do have some sunshine. Mr. Tate, speaking of sunshine, how you doing? <laughs> well, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care what you call me, but call me confused. <laughs> Talking about uh, the transfer portal, that which is just now starting to generate. Oh yeah. And percolate. Yes, sir. And it's going to get going uh, quite a bit here. We've got plenty to talk about there. And if you've been following transfer rules or rumors, you're uh, welcome to join in. Two one seven three five six. Just think about this, Steve. On average, three to four players on every team will be involved. On every team. <laughs> and the rumors are out there about <clears throat> what uh, Illinois players, uh, certain players will do. And so far, uh, nobody's in the portal yet, but uh, well, let me, let it, me, it's let happening me every you, day. Uh, what I just did here, I wrote down 17 names. 17 names, okay. And we, and we know that uh, Williams, Fraser, and Plummer are gone. So that reduces it to 14 names. Of the 14, three, the free freshmen, Melendez, Goody, and Podzimski are pretty sure back, aren't they? So I think that I think that those three freshmen will come back. And that leaves the following names that we don't know what's going to happen. Verdunk, Payne, Lieb, Grandison, Hutcherson, Curbelo, and Kofi Kobo. So, yeah. And, and, and when, you know, when there was confusion over the decision not to have a banquet and I know that probably upset the Kiwanis Club because they've been you know 98th year of 98 years of it but uh, some of these players are already elsewhere taking classes online they're not even here and some of them may not be coming back right and that banquet has changed over the years and certainly it is it's something that uh, is a tradition and almost you know knocking on the door of 100 years but Postseason after the season over is over, things are different now than they used to be. The players oh, yeah. used to be still around, and, and now they're scattered out uh, for whatever reason, uh, and even taking classes away from campus. So you don't know exactly who's going to 
to be around during that time in April when that banquet usually is. Uh, the Qantas Club, I'm sure, will uh, try to get something else going with the basketball That's team. That's not a bad idea if there was a Closer time to when the, the season, players yeah. would all be here. Yeah. Uh, you could have it in the off season certainly, but I mentioned the seven that we're uncertain about. Uh, Kofi, uh, uh, we don't know if he's going to enter the draft again and, and uh, maybe pull out or stay in. We don't know, but uh, there's an awful lot of talk that he might – be able to make more money here with NIL than he can make anywhere else. Then you got Curbelo and and uh, so and and when I mentioned all these players, I've also there's when I said there were 17, I was including Rogers, Harris, Epps, and Dane Danger, who are players we haven't seen yet, who are supposedly right. going to be on the team next season. Right. So and you've got those guys in the uh, transfer portal who apparently have an interest in Illinois. Terrence Shannon Jr. Mm-hmm. from uh, Texas Tech is a guy from the state of Illinois who was originally interested here, is said to be interested. Uh, um, there's a, a freshman, in, uh, upcoming freshman, who had signed with Kentucky, Sky Clark, mm-hmm. uh, Brad Underwood, and Tim Anderson met, met with him uh, reportedly yesterday. He's a guard. So uh, there's a lot going on. And uh, a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of folks, uh, including the coaching staff, obviously, is would like to know sooner than later what Kofi's plans are because there were there would be players in the transfer portal that would say, hey, I'd like to go and play with Kofi for a year. And there'd be others that say, well, maybe maybe not because I'm a big guy and I'm not going to get much playing time if I go there. And one name I haven't brought up, Coleman Hawkins. Right. What's he going to do? That's a good question. I think he'd probably be back. But, uh, you know, that, that last game for Curbelo and Hawkins leaves you wondering when they didn't play much. Yeah, and it's, that's just the, where we're at these days. It's so easy for for players to uh, to move on. Uh, you don't yeah. need a, much of a reason anymore. You say, hey, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. And get in the portal. And uh, what's in there now, 700-some plus? Well, that's what we're told. I mean, that's a, that's what the coaches say. And, and now uh, we know there were 1,700 last year, so that means there's another 1,000 on the way, <laughs> another 1,000 players. And most of them are not guys that you'd want. I mean, overwhelming. There's only a few that you you really want. But I was uh, I was taken by the the talent that Chattanooga threw out there in terms of transfers, DeSosa and the others. And I was also uh, struck by Houston and and all their transfers. They had three key transfers that were vital to game starters that were vital. I was struck by the number of pure athletes mm-hmm. in, in the tournament. And I always like to watch other teams and then try to figure where the Illini guys would play on that team or would they play on that team. Mm-hmm. Kofi could play for anybody, but once you get past that, yeah. you know, you're not seeing many spots there where the current guys would, would be a factor on some of those teams. There's certain physicality in some of those teams, yeah. particularly particularly Houston, that we saw. They're just they're, they out-quick you, they out-rebound you, they just... Uh, they're really strong and tough, and, and it's amazing how they, they, some coaches, like Sampson, are able to put these teams together overnight from one year to the next yep. with different players. But uh, there will be some really good players out there, and with this NIL thing going now, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, this is an attraction for a lot of players that will, that will be willing to move for money. You know, you mentioned Sampson. I don't have quite the – well, I don't like him, but uh, I don't have the, the hate factor I do f- – for him as I do for Pearl. The 
I don't like either one of them, and I really <laughs> despise one. It can hardly watch him when they have a shot of him. But, well, but a, I will say this. Both of them are pretty good coaches. Oh, yeah. They're terrific coaches. Yes. Not, yeah, they're at the top of their, you know, at the business. Everything. They're, and they, got, they have the ability to get players. And they know where to get players and how to get players. So what's on uh, your mind this morning, Illini fans? 217-356-9397. We've got plenty of time for uh, your comments and open line coverage. We do have some guests lined up. Trent Meacham will join us coming up in a few minutes, kind of look back on the Illini season and uh, maybe take a look ahead. Then at uh, 930, uh, Matt Stevens from Illini Guys will be with us here in the studio to talk Illinois basketball and Illinois football spring practice is underway, a week or so in the books now. Have a big uh, coaches convention going on uh, this weekend. And then uh, at 1030, Mike Kelly, the voice of the Missouri Tigers, will uh, join us to tell us more about Missouri's new basketball coach. Uh, Dennis Gates is the new man down there. He signed a six-year, $16.5 million contract this week to coach the Missouri Tigers. And you've also got a lot of coaching Movement going on uh, this time of year. Hard to keep track of that, oh, too. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard. Frank yeah. Martin uh, is going to, has taken the job at UMass, so he didn't stay unemployed very long, did he? <laughs> no. Well, you, you know, he had uh, South Carolina in the Final Four a couple years ago, so, uh, you know, that makes a big difference when you've done that. But what's going on at Miami? University of Miami is in the final. Well, they've got a chance to be in the final four. And, you know, if Charlie Moore sticks around long enough, keeps playing, he'll play. <laughs> he might play against all the teams they used to play is for. Is this the fourth team or third team? This is his fourth. Yeah, that's what I thought. Fourth yeah. team. California, DePaul. Well, I guess the chance to play against one of those and Kansas. <laughs> well, it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was at so many schools, he's bound to play against his own team. Yep. They, and then you have the games. Uh, who had St. Peter's? going anywhere, especially to this point, uh, to where a 15 seed has never been. Yeah, this is this is really unusual. 67-64 over Purdue, North Carolina 73, UCLA 66, Kansas 66, Providence 61, Miami 70-56 to over Iowa State. By the way, uh, uh, the thing that struck me once I had a chance to look back at it was how poorly the Big Ten did offensively how many teams scored in the 50s, like yeah. Michigan and Illinois? How many scored, barely got over 60, like Purdue and, and others? And Wisconsin was two for 22 on three-point shots and, and scored 49 points. I mean, what happened offensively? Were all these teams that the Big Ten played, were they all that good defensively? Then you had uh, Ivy last night with a subpar game. He went oh. four for 12. Well, he was Six for, turnovers. He was 0 for 5 until the last minute yeah. on threes. Yes. And then he hit that one, but he didn't hit the final one. Right. Let's go to the phones. GB is with us in Urbana. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, this should help the women's coach, Shauna Green's team, real quick, too. She might bring her program up real quick. Well, she could. There's no doubt about that. You can do it in the transfer portal if you know – if you have a way of attracting players like that, yes. Well, I saw last night that bottom line on ESPN. There's about six women left a lot of programs over there, so she might be busy right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll say she's well, busy she right now. she is busy right now. You can bet on that. Oh, no, Now's you know, your time. You know, it. you know it. You know it. Well, anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Bye. Yeah, appreciate the call. Speaking of uh, the uh, women's basketball, the NCAA tournament scores from last night, South Carolina over North Carolina, 69-61.
Creighton beat Iowa State. That was a 10 over a 3, uh, 76-68. Number two seeded Texas over the Buckeyes of Ohio State, 66-63. And uh, another Big Ten team, Maryland, lost to number one Stanford, 72-66. And uh, one other Big Ten team still in action to play today, and that's uh, number three seeded Indiana plays UConn. You can see how much how difficult it's going to be to to rise uh, for Illinois when you have four teams in the top 16 in, in the nation. Uh, that, I think that's a record, Steve. I don't think we ever put four in the, in the 16 right. before. Illinois baseball wins a doubleheader yesterday in East Lansing, 11-3 and 9-2 to open Big Ten play. Then they decide they're, both teams are going to drive to Champaign today and play game three tomorrow at Illinois Field. That's the weirdest thing I've heard yet. <laughs> they're both going to come down here and play one game, then Michigan State will go back. Yep. And they're going to play in weather that will peak at 40 and be in the 30s probably. will be around early, low 30s when they start playing at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Well, it's 40 right now, so step outside and feel how it feels on well, you. Well, it's really windy today. It it's is. not going to be quite that windy tomorrow maybe, but oh, boy. It's really hard to play baseball this time of year. But I will say this. And it's hard to hit when, when the weather's cold like this, but uh, Illinois has got some hitters. They, they, they've got some guys that can pop the ball. And they really they, they have been hit. If they just can get the pitching settled, uh, they can have a good season. Hard to hit the golf ball this kind of weather, Ooh. too. You hit a little thin, yeah. you know it real quick. It's like hitting one on <laughs> Don't the Don't hit it on the handle. It's huh? like hitting it on the hands. Uh, softball. Uh, lost to well, let me double check. They did they win or lose? They lost, lost to Purdue lost five, five to three. To three yeah. yeah, had the Sickles, score. Sickles struck out nine, but she uh, she gave up five runs, and the line I lost. Um, in, That's uh, Purdue. Yes, and they'll play again today. Hopefully, men's tennis team uh, number three Ohio State shuts out uh, Brad Dancer's team four to nothing. Women's tennis team opens the Big Ten play with a four to three win against Maryland. Those are some of the. Uh, Headlines on this Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Illini Pella. Phone line will stay open uh, throughout uh, the day, even when we have the guests. If you want to jump in, feel free to do so. We'll take our first time out. I'll be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. It is 9-16, Lani Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll be here on DWS 93.9 FM. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. And we're with you until 11 o'clock. And the phone lines are open, 217-356-9397. If you would like to join us. That ball game last night, did you find yourself, usually I root for the Big Ten, Lauren, and uh, except maybe when it's Michigan or Iowa, but <laughs> <laughs> but I've always liked Purdue. But I doggone it, I was I was I jumped on the Peacocks bandwagon well, last night. It was hard not to. They're, they're really pulling off a. This is a thing that'll be remembered for decades. Yeah, that's never happened. And uh, somebody, actually, my daughter-in-law, who was watching the game up in Michigan with my my son, and and she doesn't know a lot about basketball, but she said. 
you think they'll make a movie about this team? I said, well, well if they keep going, they might. And, yeah, yeah, why not? And uh, they might if they don't keep going. Who knows? Did you see the thing of how close Jersey City is to the city of New York? It's like across the street. <laughs> I mean, they're practically in New York, but they're in New Jersey. Well, they had the home crowd there. It's not far from Philadelphia either, mm-hmm. you know, when you think yeah. about that. And, uh, and the longer that game went, the more that they hung in there. They just hung and hung and hung, didn't they? The more the crowd got behind them. Yeah. And do you know what they did at the end of the game, Steve? I don't know if this is illegal or not, but they used a zone. <laughs> You know, I've seen three. They changed, well, they changed. They they started that press. I've seen three games this in this tournament where the zone defense turned out to be the difference. Not because it was a great zone, just because the change caught the other team by surprise, and all of a sudden, you know, and it would last for four or five minutes, and and it would just be enough to turn a game. I mean, it's amazing. Duke did it. Coach K did it. Uh, that this is uh, this is interesting to me because these are guys that don't want to ever use the zone, but they did, and it worked. They had that little man-to-man press, and when, mm-hmm. once it got across midcourt, they fell back into the to the yep. matchup zone. Yeah, very effective. And as we mentioned before the break, uh, Ivy didn't have a great game. I've seen Ivy have several games that weren't great. Yeah, I did I, too, and I thought, well, I'm, this is one of those games where he'll have a bad game and then he'll win the game. He, yeah. He, he tries to force things at times and uh, unsuccessfully. Of course, uh, he, did, he wasn't unsuccessful against Illinois. That was one of his great games of the year was against Illinois, but he didn't always play that effectively. It is 9-19. Matt Stevens is in the studio with us here on the show. Trying to get a hold of Trent Meacham. We'll uh, continue to do that, but Matt is here. How are you doing, Matt? Matthew? Morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good. Football, basketball, a little bit of everything to talk about these days. But uh, uh, let's get your take on the tournament so far. I'm sure you watched the games last night. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty much the most random single elimination sporting event in the history of mankind. Yeah, and random is a good word. Yeah, That's you just take probably about 40 teams, shake them up. And about four, you pick four out, and that's usually your final four. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I everybody does this, and I, I shake my head. But, look, I don't have any teams left. I, I You know, I, I there are eight teams left playing, none of them, which I thought, except for maybe Kansas, I think, are the teams that I thought were led to be left. It's about the most random event possible, and, and it, it's, it's frustrating for people like myself, and I'm sure for people like Lauren and, and you, Steve, that, you know, so many people get judged on this thing, but uh, I, I just feel like there's there's a lot of randomness to what's going on, and and I'm with you, Steve. I was I knew that Purdue was the only only thing the Big Ten had left going, but I just think the story of St. Peter's and 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 what that coach is doing and and what those kids are doing are, is is pretty cool. So I kind of want them to go as far as they can go. And the Miami story is not a terrible one either. Not, not a, at all. A ten seed. Not at all, and you're talking about a guy in Jim Laranega who was probably, I don't know if he was on the hot seat, but there was a whole lot of talk of retirement for him. Sure. And sure enough. It's a long a month, time since George Mason, didn't it? Yeah, and sure enough, about a month ago, he gets a three-year contract extension, and sure enough, that team takes off. So, um, But the randomness of the tournament is weird to me. I, I thought the ACC was terrible. It was a terrible power league this year. We got three teams that could potentially – three different teams that could potentially go to a Final Four out of a league that I thought was pretty pretty darn terrible this year. Yep. So, I, I, I we sit here on February we, – we, I would have sat here on February 1st not sure if North Carolina was going to get in the tournament um, as an at-large 
as a large team. I keep they now I, have to be a 15 seed to get to a Final Four. I keep saying teams change. Teams change in the course of a year. Absolutely. And it, it's just so it's so different from from year to year. It's just a, it's a I mean from month to month. It's just incredible. It's why our subscribers and fans get frustrated with me because I I, I still value a regular season championship highly because teams change over the course of a year. And it yep. just shows over a three-month period and a 20-game period how, how consistently good were you. And I feel like that's, that's the barometer. And then you get to a very, very random crapshoot, which is the NCAA tournament. Has the Big Ten come to lean too much in several cases on big center offenses? I, I, I don't know. I, I, feel like, I feel like we make a whole lot of judgments about the league and about certain teams, again, based off of – an inability to win four in a row, you know, and, and a, or an ability to win six in a row to win a national championship. I don't know if that's, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if, I don't know if, Lauren, the, the question is, I don't know if we, if let's say there were three Big Ten teams left this weekend. I don't know if we'd be asking that question. So again, mm-hmm. it, I, I go back to, it's a single elimination crapshoot and I, I don't know how to judge it. I, I feel like, you just try to get the best kids possible, and if a Kofi Coburn wants to come to your school, I don't think you're going to shoot him away because no, he's seven feet, two hundred ninety pounds. You know, <laughs> that's Matt Stevens with IlliniGuys.com. Matt's going to hang around with us a little bit and talk uh, some more Illinois basketball and football. Trent Meacham, who uh, works with us on the air some and uh, BTN, former Illini guard, of course, is with us on the phone. Trent, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Steve, Lauren, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. We just wanted to touch base with you for a little bit about uh, the uh, basketball season for the Fighting Illini now that it is over. Now the, <laughs> I guess the new season begins, and uh, that off season is quite a bit different now than it was even uh, 10 or 12 years ago when you played. You had the uh, high school recruiting uh, talk going on in the off season, but now you've got the transfer portal talk that seems to change by the hour. What's, what's your take on the way things are these days? For better or worse, we're talking about we're going to be talking about college basketball year round. I mean, this is like NBA free agency. Everyone's a free agent, and I think there's some real positives to it. There's some there's some drawbacks to it as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it makes you know for those in the media, it's exciting. For fans, it can be exciting. I'm sure it can be frustrating, but we'll be talking about college basketball all summer. You know, last year, last July, was it when Kofi announced he's coming back? I mean, that's big news. Typically, you don't, you're not used to hearing news like that in the college basketball world. So, it's going to be so interesting. Someone was asking me yesterday about another Big Ten team and what expectations for the next season. It's like it's it's impossible to know. You just have no idea. You have no idea. Recruits coming in, transfers, who's leaving, who's coming back. NBA, obviously. So. It makes it interesting. It makes it fun. You just have no idea. I think what uh, maybe is suffering from this a little bit uh, is high school recruiting. And obviously it still goes on, but I think it, it's kind of taken a backseat to, to everything these days. Would you agree with that? Uh, no, no doubt. Because uh, if you're a coach, if you're a team, and you can get a guy with experience that's played for one year, two years, maybe three years, and has played at a high level, has been through the, the grind of college. I mean, you're talking about a more mature player who's been through some adversity, who's played at that level. I think that's a huge benefit nine out of ten times over a freshman 
even if it's a really talented freshman. So, you know, these teams are looking for a missing piece. It's much easier to find one in the transfer portal than get a high school 17, 18-year-old to come in and fill a significant role. I want to ask you about the tournament and the failure of the Big Ten in the sense that several of these teams, several, practically most of them, scored like 20 to 25 points below their scoring averages, including Illinois, which had, what, 54 and 53 in their two games, and the three-point shooting that fell off so dramatically uh, among Big Ten schools. How do you account for that? You know, in a, in a one-game format in terms of winner, you, you know, your winner done, that's you, you can't base everything off of that. But if you look at especially the past couple of years and what you know we think of has been a really strong conference, um, I, I think there are some themes, and, and one would be from a referee standpoint. I mean, this NCAA tournament is extremely physical, and I don't know if it's more so than the Big Ten season, but uh, they're letting them play. And while the Big Ten might have the big men, I see these other teams and the physicality of their wings, even their guards, yeah. and how aggressive they are, and I think it's far superior to what the Big Ten has had just from a, a strength and aggressiveness standpoint. Um, I also think there's a couple things. I think the guard play in the Big Ten is uh, is subpar compared to other leagues. When I look at the guards, and the wings were better this year in the Big Ten than I think they've been when you think of Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray, if you want to throw EJ Liddell in that. Uh, but the guard play, which guards win in basketball. This isn't just not just college basketball, but the NBA, uh, FIBA, wherever, guards win you games. And when I look at every game, whether it's – Jay Ivey and Purdue last night against St. Peter's, uh, Michigan, Villanova. The guards are winning those matchups. Houston, Illinois. And, and I just think the guard play has been subpar compared to other leagues around the country. And then finally, I'd say, I'd say the – and I was talking to John Crispin about this on a radio show, and he talked about the lack of adaptability uh, amongst some of these coaches. And, and I would agree, you know, um, I've said this before, Illinois plays a drop coverage with Kofi Coburn. 90% of the time in ball screen actions, it works really well. But when you play against really good guards, they're gonna, you you got to be able to give them different looks. And if you only have one way to beat teams, uh, I, I think that's going to pose some challenges, especially when you go up against good guards. Uh, you got to be able to win multiple ways, and that's both how you score points offensively, but also defensively. I think you have to be able to give teams different looks and Purdue struggle with that, Illinois struggle with that. Um, I think, you, you know, you look at teams that have had success maybe and coaches that have had success in March, and that would be Tom Izzo. And, and they gave Duke a heck of a game. I thought they played yeah, really they well. Uh, Michigan with Juwan Howard and John Beeline. I mean, they've had a string of success. Uh, and, and I don't know if those they've had maybe more versatile players, I think, more athleticism, and maybe the ability to beat teams in multiple ways that, uh, you know, the Big Ten just hasn't had um, aside from those two programs for the most part. As I uh, analyzed the the, um, the recent, uh, the past year of um, transfers, it appears to me that the Big Ten is way behind other conferences, particularly like the Big 12, in bringing in players. Uh, I, I, do you see that as a problem? I mean, I, I think the Big Ten is way behind in transfer portals. Well, if you look at both recruiting high school kids or transfers, and, and, and transfers has been, been rampant for years, but it's, it's, it's ramped up even more with the 
you know, without having to sit out a year. But just look at the NBA and how many all-stars have there been for the Big Ten. And it's really difficult to come by. I think Draymond yeah. Green, who's kind of a utility all-star, but look at it. I mean, it's, it's Pac-12, it's ACC, it's SEC, it's yeah. European. Um, it's, it's not, there's not that elite-level talent in the Big Ten. You know, this year was a little bit different. Um, and I even think of Iowa's team was not your traditional Big Ten team that ended up having some success in the Big Ten. Just didn't really – I think this fell flat in a, in a one game there against Richmond in the NCAA tournament. But whether it's, it's recruiting or transfers, the Big Ten has not uh, been able to lure the top talent for whatever reason. And, and you can draw a different line for, for why that's the case. It's, it'll be interesting um, how some of these coaches, uh, you know, adapt – moving forward, even if you look at the all-Big Ten teams, I think Alfonso Plummer was the one transfer mm-hmm. that made the top three teams. And, and they, he was a great pickup. He wasn't w- one of the highest-rated guys. And there were some other good transfers, but those were primarily on lower-level teams. Uh, but nobody that was, um, you know, maybe the go-to guy on a team. Talking to Trent Meacham, you mentioned Kofi and how he figures in to the Illini attack on uh, game day. What is, what's your gut tell you about what he'll be doing this time next year at the beginning of the season. Do you think he's going to stick around? Oh, my guts. I don't know. I I, uh, I, I actually do. Um, I, I don't see him playing in the NBA right now. I, I And the more I watch him, probably the, the um, I, I just I don't see it. I think he has a chance to be an NBA player. He's got some really unique physical gifts, but um, defensively he's got to improve. And, and I think he's got to be able to show out he can he – can, he doesn't have to – guard you know point guards at half court but um they stick him there under in in the paint and he's got to show he can he can move and then offensively he's got to be more of a playmaker if you look in the nba uh the big men uh generate a lot of their offense you know in short roll situations and ball uh, ball reversal dribble handoff situations kofi does none of that he improved a little bit as a passer from the low post and, and look if he gets the ball in the low post you want him shooting that most of the time because he's going to score at a high, high percentage, but he's got to show me that he can play out of the mid post, out of short roll, out of the, uh, you know, the, the, the top of the key, not necessarily shooting threes, but just making decisions, making good reads and passes. Um, and I think he has some more room for improvement, but who knows? I mean, the thing is you could stick him on any court with any team in the world. And because of his size, he could have an impact to some degree. So uh, for him, it's all about developing and whether that's, I think it'll be here at Illinois, but would it be shocked if he's a? I would be shocked if he's in the G League or a second round draft pick and he gets some minutes in the NBA, or if he's at another school. I mean, <laughs> I, I have no idea. But uh, if I was going to guess, it'll be back here at Illinois next season. And if that's the case, uh, that sets up this this team to uh, be positioned really strongly in uh, you know the Big Ten and the NCAA. Any thoughts on Curbelo? That's got everybody guessing. Yeah, I don't, you know, I've, people have asked me, and, and look, I have no inside information. I, I think what some people maybe expect is when someone has a disappointing season, for whatever reason, uh, there's now there's maybe an expectation of, oh, he's transferring. And so I think some people feel that. I can wonder that. But I have no idea. Uh, I, I thought Brad Underwood did an exceptional job with him as a freshman. And you're taking a, a guy who's, who's a risk taker, who's flashy, who's, who's willing to go for it, and just how he brought him along I thought was terrific. And you, then you saw his progression, how well he played at the end of last season. 
And this year was just really unfortunate with the concussion, with sitting out, and it's just it's really tough to evaluate on so many levels. Uh, but I have no, I have no idea. It's it, that's anyone's guess uh, what could happen with him. Another couple of minutes with Trent Meacham. We do have a phone caller. The line is open, 217-356-9397. Hey, Tim, in Urbana, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Trent. Um, let me ask you this. Um, I think Jay Nivey let his team down. I think it was all about him. He played so poorly his last five games. Um, I think he's worried about his NBA stock. And for him to, to play as, as poorly as he did last night, I think uh, he let he let the Purdue players team down, and then my other question is: I, I read in the paper this morning where they've they've either canceled, postponed the uh, the banquet. What's what's up with that? If the Illini players know when the banquet is, they should be able to go to the banquet. If they don't want to show up to the banquet, have the banquet for the players that are there. And I want to hear your comments on that. You don't disrespect. Our coach and and Josh by not showing up to the banquet. That's all. My, that's all I got to say. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the call. Let's go with the uh, Jaden Ivey uh, thoughts first, Trent. Jaden Ivey, um, extremely talented. I, I don't know if I've seen Lauren. You've seen it longer than I have, but many athletes like him who can just explode, who can get up and down the court. I mean, he, he's on another level, uh, just there's a handful of guys in the NBA that I think match his athleticism. Uh, his performance last night was no doubt, I, I think, very poor, especially by his standards. I thought the St. Peter's guards really took it to him. They, they were aggressive. They were pesky. They uh, they outplayed him, which, you know, with, with his talent, I don't think there's, there's many excuses. But, hey, that happens in basketball. I, I don't know what's going on in terms of looking ahead to the NBA Look, he was terrific against Texas and very clutch down the stretch. Um, he's had some monster games this year. But I think, you know, he's a young player who wasn't the most highly touted kid. And I think it's it's consistency of effort and his engagement is the biggest thing for him. And, you know, look, he didn't have it last night. And uh, you can probably point to a number of things why Purdue lost or why St. Peter's won. But, look, St. Peter's uh, played a heck of a game and, you know, I thought this, if you didn't know college basketball, you just tuned into that game, you did not think there was an upset. I mean, St. Peter's um, across the board, one through five, was quicker. They were more connected. Uh, they ran great stuff offensively. They were so aggressive defensively. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I can't say any more about where Jaden Ivey's head was at. But um, extremely talented kid who's got a bright, bright future ahead of him. But, um, yeah, was outplayed last night. As far as the, uh, yeah, as far as yeah. the banquet goes, you got any thoughts on that? You know, someone had mentioned something to me, and uh, I, I haven't heard much beyond that. But correct, is is it the players that it sound like? Is it the players that don't want to go to the banquet or well, postponed uh, it? What's what's the deal there? I don't know if I should you should say don't want to go. I think it's the fact that some of them, several of them, are uh, elsewhere uh, physically right now and are doing classes online and would have to come back in order to go. And then you've got. You got half a dozen players that we don't know whether they're going to be back next year or not. I mean, between Verdunk and and Grandison and Corbello and you know, we just so many players that I think it's uncertain. And, and from the basketball side, the, from the basketball staff side, they they say they don't want to have people disappointed 
mm-hmm. in buying a ticket for that and expecting to see player A when player A is not there. And yep. and this is not necessarily the cancellation of the uh, yeah. relationship. This is kind of the uh, postponement of the the banquet the way it's been for the right. last uh, 98 years or, or more. And that was an event after the season in April. So you can, you can fall on either side you want of that. There still may be something down the line between the uh, – the Kiwanis Club and the basketball team. Yeah, well, thanks for correcting me because yeah, I, I don't know any details, and I just going off what what uh, caller in had said. Um, the banquet's a special a special night. Uh, a lot of fans get to come and be up close and get to, to get to interact with the players and the staff, and you get to honor uh, not only the seniors but different awards and the managers, and uh, it's just a very special night for the basketball program for kind of the broader Illinois community and to have fans in there. So. Um, it's unfortunate that it's it's being postponed, it sounds like, at this point. Hopefully they'll be able to have it at some point. Um, I will say on the other end, look, this season, I don't know when it was supposed to be scheduled and how those details work out, but uh, they need to get away and they need to, to have a little bit of a break, and hopefully they can just coordinate those schedules. I think ideally you would get that banquet in before everybody kind of goes their separate ways for a week or two weeks and, get back home, see some family. I mean, a lot of these guys haven't seen family for for months, maybe. And uh, if you could get that in right away, I think would be ideal. Uh, at this point, I, I think it could be difficult. And who knows uh, how many guys from last season seem to be there. And, and I would expect after a successful year that majority of guys uh, will be back and uh, that you could honor. And the season, I mean, you're having a Big Ten title to celebrate and a, a really good year. So hopefully that can happen for those players' standpoints, for the fans that can come, for the managers. Uh, but it, it, is a, it is a tough deal, especially if they weren't able to get it in uh, right away before people kind of go their separate ways. So that's all I got on that. It's just it's unfortunate. Well, let's go with this. How was your first season working with the Big Ten Network? Did you enjoy that? It was great. It was great. You know, I was hoping to have a handful of opportunities. And I ended up being up there, you know, two or three days a week for the last four months or so. Uh, so it was more than I expected. Um, I'm going to be in there tonight and maybe one more day this, this upcoming week. So it's not quite finished. But it, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's just been fun to, to stay around the game. And I never thought about doing anything in media. And really it was through WDWS and jumping on with Brian Barnhart and with you guys some that I thought, hey, this is kind of fun. I can talk basketball. I can stay connected to the game. Um, I kind of enjoy this. I think I'm growing as a communicator. Uh, let me see if I can try some different avenues. And, and the Big Ten Network was um, happened to be um, – there's some opportunities there. So uh, this season was a lot of fun. It was a, a grind in some ways. But I, I really enjoyed it. And hopefully, you know, I'm not trying to do this full time. But I do hope that it can be a, a significant part of kind of what I do for uh, moving forward. Hey, Trent, we appreciate your time. Always good to talk hoops with you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. You have a great one. Thanks, Trent. That's Trent Meacham. Everybody played here back uh, 2007, 8, and 9 after, coincidentally, transferring (laughs) from Dayton. The transfer portal was not in existence (laughs) then, nor was the NIL. But uh, (laughs) times have changed in those uh, 10 or 12 years. 940, Matt Stevens is still here. We'll get back and talk some more basketball with him. We've got some text messages to... uh, to go through here. We'll do that. We'll keep the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Alani Pella, Saturday Sports Talk is back after this. 
It is 9.43 on I Pellis Saturday Sports Talk with Mr. Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until 11. Thanks to Trent Meacham for popping on and uh, spending 10 or 12 minutes with us here. The phone line is still open, 217-356-9397. Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com is with us again, still in the studio. And uh, talk about uh, you guys starting that uh, endeavor a year or so ago, a little over a year ago. Uh, really interesting time. I suppose any time you start something like that and jump into it, it it'd be an interesting time. But uh, with everything that's gone on with uh, with COVID and uh, post-COVID and transfer portal and a new football coach and and an exciting basketball season, to, uh, you know, two uh, Big Ten championships, you jumped right in the mix of it, didn't you? My bosses did. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, it got started a long before I, before I joined in. I, I remember, uh, boy, I remember. I think fall camp was right before it was right before fall camp was starting, and I was still doing my stuff for Sports Illustrated and called uh, one of our, one of my colleagues and and I guess one of my bosses, Brad Sturdy, who's uh, a founder and and on the board there uh, that. I said, is there any room for me? Because I'm tired of running my own site. And it got into, you know, talking with some of the executives, some of the investors. You can rely on Blaine's. Uh, in, our, in our site. And in about 48 hours, I was signed, sealed, and delivered to be doing football and basketball coverage for Illini guys. And I'll never forget driving back from Champaign, texting Brad Sturdy, and then having a deal less than – 30, 36, 48 hours later. So, uh-huh. but they were they were off to a start long before I uh, off to a hard start long before I uh, jumped on board. But once I jumped on board, I knew I wanted to be there simply because my main boss is Larry Smith, who you know everybody or at least most people know from CNNSI and NBA TV. He I know Larry from being an Eastern Illinois alum, <laughs> and Larry was one of the people who when I went to school at EIU was one of the first people that I knew, okay, I can make a living doing this because Larry does it. And he came and spoke to one of my classes. And so I got to sit and talk with Larry that night when I got home. And at that point, I was already – I was done. So I mean, they, they, it's a really good deal. I, I really like a lot of our – we do a lot of subscriber calls. I like our subscribers, and I like who I work for. So it's, it's, it's been a great deal for me. And I, 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 talking to my bosses, it's, it's been nothing but going exponentially up for us. So I appreciate it. Well, we've had a relationship with uh, Lord and I with Brad Sturdy for many years, mm-hmm. and uh, in his previous job as well. And there's probably not uh, a better connected guy with on the basketball side. And he certainly has been busy in the last few weeks, and uh, with all the transfer portal stuff. And uh, you might need to work uh, 25 hours a day on that, don't you? <laughs> we have daily updates on player coming and goings from Brad Sturdy. Yeah. And, and uh, Steve, when you told me I was going to be on the show this weekend, I immediately texted Brad this morning. And I said, is there anything I need to know as of now that's different than what it was well, eight t- hours ago? Well, and, tell us. What is <laughs> what is different in the last well, year? Now, there isn't that much different. I, the, the idea is, is that they were – uh, you know, Brad, Brad Underwood and a couple of assistants, I know of one, that were in the home of Sky Clark last night. Uh, the uh, former Kentucky commitment, five-star guard from, from Monteverde Academy. Um, I believe that assistant was Tim Anderson, uh, who was in the house. It went very, very well. I believe it is a Illinois or Louisville uh, battle for, for Sky Clark. Uh, I, I sense that uh, – 
the, the Louisville staff, you know, uh, wanted Tim Anderson to join them. That's not going to happen. And so, therefore, I think Illinois is a likely favorite to obtain Sky Clark and maybe the first five-star guard they've gotten since, I don't know, Lauren D. Was was, was Iowa a five-star guard? Um by some, I mean, but it would be the first one since D, I think, that, that they've gotten. Um, that, and so that would be a huge get. And then they're starting to work the transfer portal for a couple of guys that I know of. And I know that Brad Underwood and Chester Frazier will be in the home of uh, a, a LSU transfer, um, you know, named Brandon Murray, who is originally from Baltimore and went to IMG Academy this past year. But Chester has an in with him, again, from those Baltimore ties. Um and so they will be in his house, and there's there's some talk that Terrence Shannon will be an option as well out of the transfer portal, the uh, star guard from Texas Tech. There are some roadblocks that have nothing to do with basketball with him, and it has nothing to do with that young man. It has to do with the admissions department at the University of Illinois. They don't typically like transfers with only one year left who aren't grad who aren't graduates, and Terrence Shannon would come under that kind of a flag. He only has one year left. Um, and he would be a – well, he has two years because of the COVID, but he would be a senior transfer who is not a graduate, and could, that usually tends to send up a red flag to the admissions could department. Could he not graduate by the summer? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that Underwood is working the uh, the admissions department to say, hey, look, this kid's you know records are all, in go, are all a go. Please don't, you know – put up a red flag because he's so-and-so age. When was the so last time you heard about a transfer having too many college credits? Because right. that might be the case with him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 what I have heard is that it is, it, is, it is very unlikely for them to not to take a, let's say, a senior transfer who's not a graduate. Like Carbello was a graduate of Utah, and they took him. Uh, Tommy DeVito was a graduate of Syracuse, and they took him. Um, Terrence Shannon has not graduated from Texas Tech. And so it becomes a little bit more of a of a winding road with the admissions department. I do feel like Underwood is making headway in that regard. But those are the three that I've heard that are high targets for Illinois right now in terms of guards. Okay, we know Danger's coming back. We know Clark's a strong possibility. We know Shannon's a possibility. We know Murray is a possibility, which means that somebody that's on the team now cannot be here mm-hmm. because of the numbers. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be gone? There is a strong possibility that Andre Carbello might be playing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that. I just know that the, the staff is trying to communicate with him. And uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of optimism that that's going in the right direction right now. I'm not saying that as I get off the air here, that could change. Lauren, you mm-hmm. and I just said oh, yeah. things change by the hour. But I, haven't, I, I haven't checked the portal since we've been exactly. on the air. So. That has not happened. <laughs> no. and, and, I mean, and, and let's let's be very clear yeah. about that. That has not happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't believe it will happen until Andre Carabello talks with the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, they are having their meetings, if not this week, next week, with all the players, their player meetings. Mm-hmm. I believe that will happen mm-hmm. as of next week. I don't think you'll see any Andre Carabellos entering the transfer portal until he has that meeting. Um, but – uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of optimism that that will not be the case at the very least. In a very, in a very very similar way, if you want to hold out some hope, that the way Kofi Coburn entered the portal and then mm-hmm. came back to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do feel like there is a strong sense that Andre Carbello is going to waver one way or another and at least put his name out there. What um, about Hawkins? Hawkins they feel better about. 
I actually, and and by they, I mean I talked to Brad this morning, Sturdy this morning, and he feels better about it. But that's um, that's kind of gone up and down. The exactly. Last. And to be honest, if you've dealt with Coleman for the last two or so years, yeah. that's kind of a thing with Coleman, is that it's gone up and down all the time. Um, I, I feel like the way that Coleman ended his season is a good way for Coleman to kind of jumpstart his junior year, uh, the offseason before his junior year. Um, there's a lot of optimism there that Coleman might be in Champaign and, and be just fine, you know, and having never entered the portal this offseason. Talking to Matt Stevens, we do have a phone call from New York City. Jeff is with us. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Just a, a few quick things here. First of all, um, New York is known as a pro sports town rather than a college sports town. But I have to say, I've lived here for almost 30 years, and until this season, I did not know that there was a university called St. Peter's, uh, like Lauren said, just across the Hudson River in Jersey City, New Jersey, with a basketball program. I doubt, frankly, if a lot of people did either, unless they were connected with the school. And I can tell you that it was only this morning that uh, the media really picked it up and made it uh, somewhat prominent. Apparently, there were people out celebrating in the streets last night, which there should have been. But uh, the college programs that get all the oxygen here are uh, St. John's or Fordham or maybe something like Long Island University or even, for a while, Stony Brook. Um, You know, St. Peter's was just, you know, an afterthought, if that, for a long time. But kudos to them. Um, As far as uh, I I wanted to also note a comment that Matt made earlier on about what a random crapshoot the tournament is. And I was really pleased to hear him say that he thinks that uh, winning a conference championship like we did is not something to be uh, degraded, sneezed at, or, uh, you know, not uh, respected um, and uh, diminished because of what happens in uh, in the tournament. I believe Lauren wrote about that uh, a little bit before the uh, tournament got started, and I couldn't agree more with uh, with both Lauren and, and Matt on that one. I know, but you can't you can't change how people feel. <laughs> and if you go no, out to the restaurants or you go out to the barbershop or wherever you go, golf course, they're all talking about the tournament. And it's the thing that happened last that's in your memory. And for this particular time, the only thing that matters is the tournament. Check Purdue message yeah. boards right now. They really want Ooh. to fire. They really want to fire Matt Painter right now, and I, I, I shake my head. Hey, Kentucky wants to fire <laughs> a guy that won the championship and for them. As and, I always and, say, thank the Lord God in heaven that fans don't get to run college programs because <laughs> this is what would happen. It almost doesn't surprise me with uh, Calipari a little bit because that program is so fixated on how they think it's their divine right to dominate college basketball and in recent years they haven't and uh you know i bumped into some kentucky folks a few months ago and uh just uh sightseeing around the city and i said you know are are you folks getting a little bit restless uh you know do you think cal ought to uh ought to be at least getting in a sweet 16 or something and they said yeah you know we don't understand is it 
it's, it's one thing to get uh, um, top-rated recruiting classes, but if you don't get in uh, a Sweet 16 with them, they're not all that happy, really. Well, they, yeah, they could always get Billy Gillespie back. Billy Clyde would come back. Yeah, they're also dealing. <laughs> How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah, they're also dealing with something they've never dealt with before. Because I thought I saw something that uh, this is the first time Cal's ever lost in the first round of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So this is something that Kentucky fans have really never ever dealt with either. Yeah. So yeah. let's just let it simmer and have some time before we, you know, it's, it's a get rid of somebody who apparently I think has a lifetime contract at Kentucky. So he's also got a fifty-two million dollar <laughs> buyout. Is. There it is. <laughs> There it is. Who's like? I'm not. Hey, Steve, Lauren, I'm not paying that. So yeah, sure. Let's fire that. Let's fire the dude. <laughs> not my money. <laughs> Anything else? Not uh, not this morning, guys. Thanks for Thank much. I'll, uh, I'll enjoy listening to the rest of it. Appreciate you listening, Jeff. Thank you very much. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Here's a text. Should there be a deadline for entering the transfer portal? Seems like uh, it's an unfair burden on coaching staffs because it changes, as we mentioned, by the hour. Should there be? A, I mean, guys have done it mid-season, mid-season, <laughs> after they lose, Anytime. after they win, and then they change their mind. And what do you think? No, because <laughs> yeah. these guys are compensated well enough in terms of coaching staffs exactly. that I think they should have to deal with the same stuff that everybody like should thinks they ought to deal with. And again, if 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 it becomes a burden burden that they're dealing with name image and likeness and they're dealing with the transfer portal so be it like this is why uh, why you make four million to quote don (laughs) draper from mad men that's what the money is for like you know i mean like that's that's what we pay you for and so i i i i if it becomes more of a burden for coaches so be it you know i i I don't know there should not be i think a kid should want to Decide where he wants to go to school whenever that young man decides he wants to go to school. Let's talk uh, Illinois football for just a couple of minutes sure. here before we let you go. And spring practice is underway. They had the uh, first week of uh, practices in the books heading towards an April 21st uh, spring game. Have you had a chance to – what did you see in the first week? You know, we don't get much time to actually see practice, but what have you learned after week one? Uh not much. Today is the first day they'll be in pads. Right. So I think this is to the day that I usually learn a little bit more, especially I start to focus on the offense and defensive line like I will today. Um, so I think you learn a little bit more every single day. I think you're starting to see maybe the you know thinness of the offensive line in terms of depth now that Julian Pearl and um, you know a couple of other you know, pieces aren't aren't there yet. The five freshmen aren't there aren't there yet for the offensive line. So you're starting to see. I think they only have 13 people right now on the offensive line. So you're starting to see some thinness right now. Julian Pearl will be back. Uh, I was told that by somebody close to the program. He just jammed his thumb playing basketball. He'll be back. Uh, I, you're starting to see that this. I, I, look, I think this is Tommy DeVito's team. Anybody that wants to create a quarterback controversy, it's not there. Um, I don't care what Brett Bielema said on Tuesday. Uh, Hart's not throwing yet, at least not in front of us. Um, he's making the drop, setting his feet, and then not throwing. That's what happened on Thursday after Brett said that he would be throwing. So we can throw that out. Um, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> and I think you're starting to – What the one thing I'm looking at is is you're seeing, you're seeing a whole bunch of new names at wide receiver. And if Tommy DeVito is going to have some success, I need to know who he's going to be throwing the football to. So there's a whole bunch of options there that they have at all three wide receiver positions, the X, the, the, uh, the Z, and the slot. 
So you're, you're seeing that. And then they're going to have to replace two outside linebackers, and I don't know how Kevin Kane's going to figure that out, but he will by the end of the, end of the spring. Tell us the story of DeVito at Syracuse and why he was removed as a starter and, and his feeling and the Syracuse feeling about him. I think Dino Babers over at Syracuse started feeling some pressure, brought in a transfer from Mississippi State, Garrett Schrader, and decided he wanted to play him. And didn't mm-hmm. let Tommy know until the Friday before that but game. He was a runner, right? I mean, he was a. He, Garrett Schrader has never been identified as a passer. It's mm-hmm. just never happened. It's why he left Mississippi State because Mike Leach took over that program. Uh-huh, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So Tommy DeVito was let know before the fourth game, and then he and he bolted. Um, I, I I just feel like so Tom, it saved that year of eligibility. Exactly correct. And then I think Tommy wanted to get into a system that was more pro-rated, pro-style mm-hmm. option. Um, Brett Bielema sat in his living room and pointed out some of his tape from you know his high school over in New Jersey that he was under center, he was making drops, that he was doing a lot of pro-style stuff and sold Illinois on that kind of a deal. And I feel like it's, it, at least from a stylistic standpoint, of a uh, stylistically and, and from a formation standpoint, I think it's a good fit. Compare with Peters. Uh, he's got more confidence, I think, than Brandon had uh, when he was here. Um, he's got more, more swag, got, got yeah. more swagger, yeah. got more. Um, I don't know. I think the arm talent is there, uh, but I, I believe it or not, I, I would argue that at least two years ago when they had Bebe here, I think Brandon had better weapons um, or at least more experienced weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy's going to have to make lemonade out of lemons in, in, in this wide receiver class short of everybody not named Isaiah Williams. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'll see what happens. But I think that I think Tommy's got a, got a, a chance here with Art not being able to do everything physically in the spring. I think he's got a chance to take this job by the, by the throat and, and, and win it in his last year at Illinois. A whole bunch of high school coaches in town uh, this weekend. It sounds like uh, that's gone pretty well, the uh, coaches' clinic. Yeah, uh, and – you know that's that's been a big thing for for Brett at Illinois, uh, and it it paid off with a big commitment in the twenty twenty three class with with Caden Fagan um, out of Arthur. I think that's going to continue to happen. Three big prospects that are on campus today for the first day of pads and this weekend is Tennessee defensive lineman Drake Carlson, Ohio linebacker Nigel Glover, East St. Louis linebacker Antoine Hayden. Our, our own uh, Kedrick Prince has had a real big feature on him after getting a hold of him. And a guy that I'm really intrigued with is Pat Farrell from Chicago St. Rita High School who can be a big, big, big time pass rusher for Illinois in this class. Let's talk quickly about the, the ability to re- recruit a player from East St. Louis, which you couldn't do the last two years. Strange NCAA rule, but I guess a good one. When Hawthorne came here, even though he's not on the coaching staff, he's on the staff in general, and therefore for two years Illinois could not recruit a player from East St. Louis. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I think Corey Patterson has a whole bunch of ties to those types of kids mm-hmm. and would love to be able to get in those living rooms. I think you're starting to do it again. You're starting to see it. I think you're starting to see Missouri's recruiting momentum start to damper a little bit under um, their relatively new coaching staff. Um, and so I think Corey's starting to get some foothold again in, 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 that, in those doors. Um, and I think there's a reason why he was the holdover from Levy's staff. And like, like Hayden and some other kids, I think that they're, they're looking heavily at those types of kids. It's from so the St. Louis area and East St. Louis. It's really interesting that there'd be a rule that if you hire a coach from a high school – you cannot recruit a player from that high school for two years. Yep, and that's 
How many people know that rule? <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. Well, the thing about it is, is that so if you put it, it's it's see the here's the thing about it though, like see with Corey Patterson, if you put him on the full time ten assistant coach list, that rule does not apply. It's the what's the Missouri assistant who brought over his dad, um, and you know that's the, that's the basketball rule where if you if you make him one of your full time assistants as an assist as a as a high school coach, that rule does not apply. But if you take Terry Hawthorne and you put him in a non-assistant coach, full-time assistant role, then that rule applies. And I don't understand that, but but it all but it's always a big gamble to take that high school coach, knowing you're going to get that kid, um, because then what can he recruit after that? But I think Corey was a big deal about you know when they brought over those those kids from that St. Louis high school that he was at. Um, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic rule and it's it's always coaches balance of should I bring this kid on as one of my analysts or you know GAs or whatever um, because I'm not going to be able to get any of those kids or I can make him a full time assistant and then I can he, he can bring all the kids over from wherever he did that's exactly what Lovey did with Corey Patterson seems a little backwards doesn't it, it? it seems very very backwards yeah. but it, it 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 makes coaches really regret or really think about hiring specific. GAs and analysts from certain high schools. Matt, we appreciate your time. Good stuff. Not a problem, guys. You got enough clothes uh, for practice today? You going to be warm enough? Well, like you and Lauren and Bob have all said, it's 15 minutes. If I can't survive 15 <laughs> minutes right. in the cold, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I'll see you out there. That's Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. Check out uh, the work they're doing there with uh, Brad Sturdy and Matt and Kedrick Prince and uh, the whole gang there. It is 10.04 WDWS 93.9 FM. Champaign-Urbana. We'll take a break and be back with hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. Moving up on 1009, Fellow Saturday Sports Talk. And if you're in the market for replacing windows or doors at your home, I'd like to suggest a trip to the Pella Window Store. 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. That's where Mike Mary and his team resides. They've been helping uh, homeowners in central Illinois and around the state and into Indiana as well for many years now. And they do things the right way. There are a lot of things to consider when replacing windows or doors at your home. Obviously, security, comfort, convenience, price, all that stuff. Well, the Pella Window Store has many examples on the showroom floor in several styles and price ranges, from entry doors, sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, storm doors, casement windows, double and single hung windows, and many other products right there on the showroom floor. You'll find them at the Pella Window Store on North Country Fair Drive. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturday by appointment, or you can give them a call or check them out online. That'd be a good way to do it as well to get an idea of what they carry at PellaOfChampagne.com. The Pella Window Store, the showroom is 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Phone lines are open, 217-356-9397. Recapping uh, the games last night, I'm sure everybody saw that. I'm sure you all had uh, St. Peter's uh, going into the... (laughs) 
Elite Eight for the first time ever. I think I saw a thing that uh, they were on one percent of the ballots or the the uh, not the ballots the uh, entries across the country. You 1%, like one percent? You like that four guard lineup? I do. <laughs> I do too, boy. I don't think you can have too many guards that can run and pass and shoot. When you talk about uh, the uh, mid range game, I like watching that. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, we, it's, it's a lot of teams, a lot of teams are falling. And I thought Gonzaga really surprised me with the way they played the game and the fact that they were shooting threes off a fast break situ- situation. Any way they could get a three up in the air, and it just killed them. I mean, they they were shooting, you know, when Underwood came in, he said he wanted to get a shot within the first seven seconds. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga was getting a shot in the first five seconds. I mean, they're just coming down and firing. I'd, that was a different Gonzaga team than I saw in previous years. And maybe I'm just forgetful, And but I, boy, would they come down and shoot quick. Yep. Let's go to the phones. Mark is calling uh, from the Sunshine State. Hey, Mark. Hey, good morning. Um, I was thinking about the future roster, which is impossible to do, obviously, but um, and then thinking about Curbelo with the what Matt Stevens had to say, and I started to think, well, maybe that has contributed to his poor play <clears throat> this season. The fact that it looks like they're recruiting over him because oh no no, no 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 wait a minute hear me out that's hear not out. it though go ahead but, well, all right but Boswell was uh, their number one guy until he went to Arizona well, he he's not going to come in here and sit. Scott Clark is not coming here to sit. So if you get either of those guys, Curbelo knows he's not the starter. That's wrong. Okay. I'm giving you my opinion. There's nothing wrong with your opinion. I just don't agree with it. I I think that he was – Curbelo, it was Underwood's favorite until he came down with a a terrible concussion that knocked him out for two months. And and when he did come back, he had COVID and – it just was a, a terrible year, and, and mentally he wasn't – he never got settled. I don't, he was not afraid of anybody beating him out. I mean, he, he's, he's a preseason second-team All-American. I know he was. And if he would have played like it, it would be a different story. They would, I don't think they'd be recruiting point guard right now. But uh, with, with that – if it's imminent that Clark is uh, going to come in, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at next year's starting lineup, which I, I agree is impossible – Kobe comes back, he's automatic. Uh, Ty Rogers, in my opinion, is going to start. He's a bigger, uh, more talented Demonte Williams, and I know Brad Underwood loves those kind of guys. And so there's two starters. R.J. Melendez is three. I mean, the numbers start to, you know, you're definitely going to get some guys transferring, Coleman Hawkins or and or Curbelo. Yeah, uh, I saw the last. I'm aware I saw the next to last game that Rodgers played and I saw the final game, uh, the results of the final game. And he, he's had six points in that game. He had nine points in the game I saw and he did not look like an Illinois starter to me in those games. Now, I know that he he did score better, but he just he just wouldn't shoot. I mean, he just did not well, shoot he, in I, those games. He was passing the ball and they got eliminated and and. Uh, I mean, that's – I don't know. I, I, I heard everybody say that Rodgers would be a starter, and I know that I hear that. But, boy, what I saw is hard to get out of my head. Well, DeMonte never scored, and he started an awful lot of games at Illinois. Yeah. Uh, do we want more guys like that? kind of kid. Yeah, I do. Do I, you really? Okay. Yeah, I love him. 
Well, I think he won a lot of games for us without scoring. Well, and I believe Ty Rogers will, too. Okay. All right. That's just my opinion. Okay. Anything Thank else? You. No, that's it. Thank okay. You. Got it. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate your call. Are you going to give us your starting lineup for next year? No. <laughs> uh, I've got you penciled in somewhere there. But, uh, uh-huh. No, that's uh, an impossible task. And he didn't, we didn't, we mentioned uh, Terrence Shannon earlier. If he comes to Illinois, my guess is he'd be in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And that might be at that four slot. So it's Melinda'd make a pretty good three, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Melendez. Uh huh. I like him. At least what we've seen, and it was too bad we didn't get to see more of him. With uh, but but as soon as you say he's a four and Melendez is a three, where does that put Coleman Hawkins? Exactly. (laughs) That's why you can't do this (laughs) this simple exercise that is not so simple. And by the way, is Granison going to come back? He's got another year. He does. Most people think that he's going to move on. Yeah, I know. To whatever's next for him. But guys, after they think about it, sure. What would you rather do when you're 22 years old, 23 years old, and play college basketball? And is there a, is there a, anything in the world you'd rather do better? And now you can get paid for it. <laughs> and now you can get paid for it. They might yeah. come to a guy like him and say, "Look, we, you're a veteran guy. We'd love to have you back. Here's a little NIL package for you. What do you think now?" I don't know, but I. I think if I could play basketball, I'd do it till I was 35 in college. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Well, some guys have tried that. But <laughs> I don't know with how much success. But if you have an opinion on any of this, give us a call. We've got an open line until 1030. We're going to talk to Mike Kelly at 1030. Missouri has a new basketball coach, and he will uh, uh, fill us in on uh, Dennis Gates, who I think was uh, a pretty popular hire down there. I'm not sure everybody uh, – in the Missouri nation it was on board with him, I, although I don't well, know who they wanted. Why did they fire Conzo Martin? What was the reason? Well, you I mean, just strictly the record? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And the inability to retain players, the inability to acquire players, the inability to coach players. What was, it, what was his reason? I think re- it's all, all of the above there. And uh, I talked to uh, Mike Kelly a couple of days ago, and uh, – I said, what's Conzo going to do? And he said, well, he'll probably, uh, he might just take a year off. Mm-hmm. He has a son on the Purdue roster. Well, if they fired him, he's got money coming. Yes, he does. Millions. We haven't talked to any baseball yet. I'm not sure that Marty wants to talk about baseball, but usually he works that in down in Pinehurst. Marty, what's on your mind this morning? Well, Steve, well hey, I can get around to that if you need to fill some time, Steve. I mean, I'm willing to be a team player, you know. If I uh, need to fill time, I will call you, and okay. and then I'll take a break, and you can just roll with it. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, you know, the next time I'm headed up to Champaign to see my, my mom, you know, I'll let you know, and you can just slide me in. We'll do that. Hey, uh, we would love to see you. I, I would uh, like to congratulate Lauren on uh, a piece of wisdom that he passed out several weeks ago on the show. And I, I almost think he's forgotten about it because he made the point that this might be the most open NCAA tournament he can remember, that there really aren't any sure thing favorites. It's basically uh, going to be anybody's ball game. Well, it and didn't take a genius to figure that out. You can see that all along. Well, you know, well, I, I didn't say you were a genius. I said you were wise. <laughs> you didn't go that far. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm crazy. I mean, you you are a sage, but I can't go that far. I am a sage. Hey, uh, uh, 
baseball? Sure, I'll talk baseball, Steve, but I, I don't know what to say. It's spring training games, and what you see is what you see. Hey, I bought two tickets this week for opening day. How do you like Carlson in the uh, leadoff? Why not? Give it a shot. Give it, give it a try. Switch hitter. Yeah. Hey, what what do you think, like, Marty? I like Carlson wherever he is in the lineup because I think he's just he's young enough. He's just going to get better. I like that kid. Um, I, I what I don't like is the fact that Milwaukee has a lot of good pitching. Fortunately, looking at their minor league system, if anybody gets injured, they got nothing to fill in. So we might yeah. have to hope for some arm trouble. Yeah. Well, they don't. They don't have a lot of good hitters, though. They got good pitchers, but their their offense is a little bit uh, suspect. I yes, think. Yes, it's questionable. I, I I still can't figure out what happened with Yelich. That's I, that's I a mystery. See, yeah, I did see this week. I finally figured out why after the COVID year, if you remember, they were real reluctant to let Flaherty pitch a lot you know he didn't even start the first game back they held him back and last year some time off and then then we find out he's had a small tear in his labrum for the last couple years and they haven't talked about it yeah so I wish someone would keep me informed (laughs) yeah I don't know why they don't tell us well we're only a couple of weeks out from the uh, start of the season so you'll get your baseball fix coming up Yes, I will. I've been getting as many as as much as I can on MLB Network, but it's spring training is just not the same. It's not the same. Now, if you anyway, watch a game, uh, you know, if you if you get some of the expected starters in the ball game, you better watch it early because they're going to get yeah. two at bats. They'll get one at bat, maybe two, and they're yeah. out of the game. And then somebody's coming in with a number that I just don't recognize. Okay. Well, those offensive line uh, numbers. What uh, does anyone know? Who's who the potential defensive ends are on the Illinois team, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call them? Yeah, they got uh, Ezekiel Holmes uh, at one, and the other is a returner who started several games last year, and I'm suddenly forgetting his name. What is it, Steve? Uh-huh. I'll go on it. But he started in place of Gay about two or three games last year before Gay okay. came back and had a – so they're not destitute there. They're, they're very thin there, and – but I think uh, I think they got a couple of players that can that can hold down the the defensive end positions. But uh, that, that remains to be seen. That excuse me. Is that the biggest question mark? Yes. Is yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. Okay. And they've got I'm, I'm two great. I think they got two great prospects at tackle and and Randall and and Newton oh, yeah. and and oh, I yeah. think they'll get by with Avery. At, at nose tackle this year, along with Virtus Brown, they got 700 pounds there <laughs> at, at those positions and at that position. And so, I just think if if they can fill those defensive ends, they'll be uh, they'll be pretty good defensively again. Excellent. Well, I'll let you go. I know you probably got lots of people calling in, lots to do. You guys do a great job as always, and it's it is nice to know, Lauren, that you were wise beyond your years. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. All right. Bye bye. Let's uh, go to the phones. Marty is right. We do have some more calls. Gary and Muhammad is with us. Go ahead, Gary. Hi. I'd, I'd just like to ask your opinion on, do you feel there are more offensive fouls being called in the tournament and fewer flopping calls being called than you saw in the Big Ten season? Yeah, I think I think that there are more. I think that appropriately they are calling the charge uh, a great deal of time. The only one that I've got a real complaint against was the UCLA-Wright State game when Wright State had the lead late and the 
UCLA player clearly dropped his shoulder and charged and was given two free throws. They, they, they got the call backwards, and it really might have cost Wright State that game, which I was watching because of Gross, who's a co- uh, I'm sorry, uh, Nagy. I'm, am I getting my games mixed up, Steve? You, might, you, yeah. you get your coaches mixed up. Yeah. You might be getting yeah. your names mixed yeah. up. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, boy. It, well, anyway, I, I, it, it was uh, Gross's game. So it was, was Akron. Oh, Akron, and Akron was playing uh, UCLA, and Akron might have won that game. They were ahead late, yeah. and there was a, a really bad charge call that should have been a charge and wasn't. But I, I think that they're calling they're – call, don't you think they're calling more now in the tournament than they did before? That, that's, that's my perception. I mean, I've seen all the – all the Illinois games because I work at them, but mm-hmm. uh, just watching the rest of the Big Ten on television doesn't seem like that offensive call was was nearly as prevalent as it was in the NC three tournament, and the flopping is just is just absent completely from my perception. Maybe I'm not seeing the officials signal that and they're calling it, but even the commentators aren't saying anything about a flopping call. I saw one. Uh, I saw one called in the tournament, and I saw one other situation where the um, where the official just uh, moved his hands up and said, "Like, get up, get up, continue to play." And I think that's a good way to handle it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just my perception of the season versus my perception of the tournament. Yeah. Well, I I don't think it's well. Thanks. Yep. Thank you, Gary. Let's go to uh, John and Champagne. Yep. Let's go to John and Champagne. Go ahead, John. Morning, man. I uh, had a thought last night watching the Purdue play, and I started out, and I naturally being Big Ten and Lion Eye favorite, I, uh, my favorite, I wanted Purdue to win. And halfway through that game, I said, I cannot pull against St. Peter's. They, they just, I would like to say they were methodical, but they were frenetic in the way they did it. Mm-hmm. But they treated, they treated, uh, Purdue, just like Loyola treated us last year, they just overwhelmed us. And even the, I I, I really thought that uh, that Purdue's guard would really be able to overcome that. And he still got some shots, but you know the amazing thing is they didn't go in. They didn't. And they did not go in. And uh, I would like to have seen them play just to see how he would fare on it. Uh, how uh, the uh, the great guard Davidson uh, or Johnny Davis would play from Wisconsin if they could contain him. But I I was sick last year. This seeing them yesterday helped me kind of absorb and and temper maybe the <laughs> disgust that I had with the way we performed last year against Loyola. But it was almost like we didn't have a chance, and neither did Purdue. I just well, that that four guard four guard lineup. Go. Yeah, well, go Purdue ahead. was in that game right until very late. <laughs> in fact, they had a, yeah. a shot in the air at the end of the game, and if it had gone in, would have tied it, wouldn't it? But uh, uh, but that was sure a long would. shot. It was pretty close. But uh, I yeah. I don't know that it. Uh, I just thought when the last four to five minutes when St. Peter's went into the zone. I don't know. Uh, did they have a basket until uh, until Ivy hit that long three? 
He had a, he had a long three had uh, late in the game, and I, and I think that was their only basket against the zone. I may be it, wrong. It it could have been. They they had it could have been very well could have yeah, but it shocked them, and I would imagine that uh, given uh, enough time, Purdue would have solved that. Yeah, but probably. But you know, that's the thing about a zone. If you throw it out there. Uh, and somebody brought up the point about our lack of adaptability uh, in the in the league and the fact that some coaches just won't do it, including Brad Underwood won't do it. And I don't know, wow. if, you, if you just do it for a few minutes, sometimes it throws the other guy off, even if you're not very good at a zone. And I just I saw it three or four times this year where it was really noticeable, and it was certainly noticeable in, in the uh, Duke win. I don't like the zone, but, I, but it's, it's worth a gamble. And uh, you throw somebody off, and by the time they get a, a, a adjusted to that, you're not doing it anymore. That's right. You know, it, it's just kind of seesaw back and forth. But uh, I, I did, uh, I do have a thought on uh, on Curbella too. Yeah, go ahead. And I love him, but but uh, I, I I love him, but it's hard, awful hard for the team to adjust to him, because I notice when he when he starts that dribbling, and I'm not against that. I, I'll I'll risk that with all the commotion that he causes on on the other team's defense. But when he when he starts moving, he's about the only guy on our team that is moving. Mm-hmm. And and so many and, and here again he he opens up so many opportunities for for uh, short passes. We we throw thirty foot passes to the corner, but we we never even try to get a a three foot or a ten foot pass in that two point range. And it, it, it just kills me. I, uh, as much as I like Kofi, he's a detriment to us when it comes to anything in that two point, in that two point range, really, unless it's him. And when they put two and a half men on you, it's pretty tough. So, okay, John, I better let you go. Yep. Thank, thank you for you. the call. Let's go to Dave mm-hmm. calling from a Woodridge, Illinois. Hey, Dave. Hi, guys. Uh, I think the um, outside linebacker, Lauren, was trying to think of is Seth Coleman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, okay, sorry about that, if, if that's already been discussed. Also, just on the Curbelo thing, I just don't understand what what his dissatisfaction is with the program. I, I know he had a horrible time with uh, his concussion protocol, and then he got back and had COVID, and everything was wrong. None of that, to me, seems like it was Illinois' fault, so I, I just I'm not sure – and I'm going to hang up and listen because I just don't know exactly why he's he's so uh, willing to move on. So I, I appreciate your thoughts. Well, thanks. we well, yeah, thanks, Dave. We appreciate the call. Thanks for holding on. We don't know for sure that he is dissatisfied or even willing to move on. That's just a, a barbershop talk. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. He would have to enter the portal, and a lot of people think he will. I can see reasons from having viewed him and his. Sure. He's just, he's been, uh, he's just different. Maybe uh, a fresh start would be. Yeah. yeah. He, needs, he needs a fresh start and he could get a fresh start at Illinois. Yeah. I mean, that would be a possibility, but you might, you might want to start a fresh uh, somewhere else, but he needs a fresh start because this, this season didn't end well for him and the season didn't go well for him. We need to take a break at 1030. We'll be back with more Illini Pella Saturday sports talk after this. It is 10.33, and this is Illinois Fellows Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, taking your calls until 11 o'clock. Been a busy morning, a lot of basketball talk as well. 
Happy uh, to welcome to the program our old friend uh, Mike Kelly, who covers the Missouri Tigers, voice of the Missouri Tigers, and they have a new basketball coach uh, this week. Michael, how are you doing this morning? My two old friends, Steve and Lauren, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> we're good. We're good. I was thinking about you with the uh, hiring of Dennis Gates, and he was officially introduced this week, a former coach at uh, Cleveland State. How uh, has that news gone over in Columbia and elsewhere around the state of Missouri? Hey, can I ask a question for first of Lauren? Sure. Yeah. So, Lauren, with the introduction on Tuesday of Dennis Gates, in my 32 years of working on the Mizzou men's broadcast, doing play-by-play for the last 31, that is the sixth coach <laughs> that I've introduced. Now, how many of you had a chance to be accompanied with uh, Mr. Tate? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd have Just to go back. Go basketball. back to Doug Mills, Harry Combs, <laughs> and then we got. Uh, I, I I can't name them all. Uh, you know, uh, Harv. Harv Harv came along, and then we had a year of uh, Bardo, and then we had Lou, and then we had Kruger, and <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. Self. But, it's kind of fun when you think back, and so I've, I've had a chance to work with seven coaches, of course, uh, Coach Stewart, um, and then you know the the, the different uh, you know folks that have come through, whether it be Quinn Snyder or Mike Anderson or Frank Haith or Kim Anderson or, or Conzo Martin being the latest, and not Dennis Gates. Um, Steve, honestly, the, it was it was a move that I think many people uh, had a question in their mind when they heard the name Dennis Gates, uh, just not knowing a lot about him. Um, you know, he had spent eight years as an assistant at Florida State working with Leonard Hamilton. Um, his two mentors in life were Leonard Hamilton and George Rattling. Um, and so I think people had a question. Uh, I do think that he did a very good job Tuesday in his news conference uh, in terms of sharing his vision and his passion um, he also revealed that as a high school senior at Whitney Young in Chicago, uh, while he ended up playing at Cal, he was he was recruited by Norm Stewart, um, and I think that gave lended some credibility to to Coach Gates. Um, and so now, um, you know, the hard work begins, right? Assembling a staff and trying to re-recruit your roster, and then also trying to recruit the holes that you have. Um, I will tell you that from my perspective. Um, and you guys have known me for a long time. Um, I take so much or read so much into people just in the way that they, they treat you in their initial, you know, the initial encounter. Um, 90 minutes before his news conference, I was sitting on the floor of Mizzou Arena on the court, and he walked out to tape a, tape a video interview with me. Um, he walked right up to me. He looked me right in the eye. He extended his hand. He had a big smile on his face and shook my hand. And when we sat down and taped our first interview together, um, it felt like we had done it many, many times before. He was that comfortable, as was I. So um, I am, uh, you know, extremely optimistic, and, and my initial impressions are very favorable. Well, where did Conzo fail? Was it the acquisition of talent? Was it the portal? Was it the injuries that started off, you know, he got off to a bad start that way? And, uh, yeah, you know, there, I'm sorry, there were so much high hopes when he came in, right, with the, the Porter kids coming yeah. in, and then Michael Porter plays four games, and 
Jonte Porter plays a season and is all SEC as a freshman, but then misses his entire sophomore season because of a knee injury. Um, and he was never able to, to amass or find consistency from a, from a recruiting standpoint, from a talent standpoint. Um, you know, he's, he's 78 and 77, um, you know, at Missouri. He finished 13 games under 500 as a coach in the SEC at Missouri. Um, you know, I, I think he made some mistakes in the transfer portal. In fact, you know, he, he, he told me late in the season that his, his problem this year was, in, and, you know, he said, I, I take full responsibility. Maybe you blame COVID, COVID but should have never uh, taken, you know, Amari Davis, uh, Jerron Coleman, and Dejuan Gordon all in the same year. Maybe you take one of those guys and then focus on a big. Uh, and so – you know, it's 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 one of those deals that um, I, th- I think it was a combination of things, and um, you know, but but you know, I, I mean, I have so much respect for Conzo, the man. Um, you know, here's a guy who has won so many times over in life. You know, he's a he's a young man that made it out of East St. Louis with a graduate degree, with a with a bachelor's degree, with a master's degree. Um, he beat cancer. He's, uh, he's raised a terrific family with his wife, Roberta, with their three kids. Um, you know, he's a college coach that finishes right now his career uh, over 100 games, over 500. And um, guess what? He walks away as a multi-multi-millionaire. So, um, you know, he has time now to kind of evaluate what he wants to do from this point forward um, and then, and then, and then go, go on if he chooses to coach. I'm not sure he'll coach again, candidly. Um, but I know this, he is, a, he, is, he is a terrific, terrific man. Visiting with Mike Kelly, what do you hear about the coaching staff that uh, Dennis Gates might be putting together? Uh, candidly, Steve, nothing. Uh, I have not, uh, you know, other than our initial conversation 90 minutes before the news conference um, and just some, some pleasantries afterwards uh, as I was leaving, uh, I haven't talked to, to, uh, to Coach Gates nor have I talked to anybody uh, affiliated with the Mizzou program. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, I've heard, you know, I, I, I really haven't heard any speculation in terms of who might be coaches that are on his short list. What about players uh, that were there that may not be there? You got some guys in the portal? Yeah, Trevin Brazil went into the portal um, before Coach Gates was announced. So did uh, Javon Pickett. Uh, Missouri's uh, lone senior a year ago, the young man from Belleville, who, of course, initially signed with Illinois. Um, and um, Anton Brookshire, uh, as soon as the season was over, a young guard who, who didn't play in the last half of the season, um, you know, a kid from Springfield uh, went into the portal uh, immediately as soon as the season was over. So, um, you know, other guys still have some decisions to make. Um, you know, I think Kobe Brown is the guy that, that people are waiting on to see what he's going to do. He's He's been very quiet since the end of the season. He was Missouri's best player a year ago. Second team all the SEC, according to the coaches. Um, there has been some speculation that he may end up in the portal, although nothing has happened. Um, so right now, just three players in the portal. Well, let's switch over real quick to football. Uh, tell us what, what's happening there and, and – uh, we look forward to a day, if we're all still around, when Illinois and Missouri will be <laughs> resuming competition in football. Well, yeah, hopefully we all will. <laughs> um, it's iffy for some of I us. Don't know about, I don't know about you and me, Mike, but I know Lauren will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, 
So Eli Drinkwitz is, is getting set to enter his, his third season. Uh, he's a game under 500 as Missouri's head coach. He enters season three without a without a, a, a proven starting quarterback. Um, but he does have um, some offensive uh, talent skill at the at the skill positions, uh, particularly wide receiver. Um, and also they were able to bring in a running back from Stanford who's a Columbia native named uh, uh, Nathaniel Pete, who's expected to come in and have a chance to to play right away, uh, if not start right away. Um, you know, Luther Burden is the headline of the offense. The the young man, the freshman from East St. Louis, who uh, you know certainly the number one wide receiver in the country coming out of high school. Uh, defensively, they've 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 gone into the portal. Uh, they brought in a starting linebacker from Florida. They brought in a starting defensive end. Um, uh, from um, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly where the young man's from, and so they've been able to fill some gaps there. I think they still have some things that they'd like to do in the portal during the off season. Uh, there, there's still a chance they could be bringing a quarterback, JT Daniels, who was at Georgia this past year and, and lost his starting job to Stetson Bennett. Was on campus uh, a week ago for Missouri spring game. He's going to visit West Virginia, and then make up his mind uh, between West Virginia, Oregon State. Uh, and Missouri. Um, and then, uh, you know, in terms of defensive players, I think they want to, I think they'd like to find another tight end, um, you know, during, uh, during this off season and then, then some, uh, some help defensively as well. So uh, it's a big year. I mean, year three is an important year, uh, obviously. Uh, and, you know, uh, I, I think there would be some, some concern among many uh, fan bases if you go into year three without a proven starting quarterback. Now, Brady Cook played in Missouri's bowl, lost to uh, to Army, and, and, and accounted of himself very, very well in, in what was his, uh, I believe it was his second, no, his first collegiate start. And so, um, so we shall see. Mike Kelly from Columbia, Missouri, works the uh, Missouri games, the voice of the Missouri Tigers. What else is keeping you busy? Oh, not a lot. Candidly, I'm kind of enjoying the weekend without a lot to do. <laughs> it's good to have those occasionally, I'm right? Ready, I'm getting ready to tee off as soon as we're done. So uh, that's that's what 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 this time of the year is for. Well, hit it long and straight, and uh, go get them. We'll let you go. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. All right, boys. Blessings. Take care. Thank Same you, Mike. To you. That's Mike Kelly Bye. with us down in uh, Missouri at uh, 10:44. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll announce this week's winner of our Game Day Spirit $50 gift card and learn more about what's going on at Game Day Spirit. They're getting new merchandise in every single day. Stay with us for that, and we'll keep the phone line open as well. We're back after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until 11. It is now 1047. Time now to announce our winner of this week's uh, Game Day Spirit Contest. You can get involved anytime going to our Facebook page or WDWS.com. Look for the Game Day Spirit icon there. Click on that. Register to sign up. We're giving away items each week. The first uh, three or four weeks of this has been a $50 gift card. Somewhere down the line, we might uh, throw in a sweatshirt or a T-shirt mm. uh, and uh, give that away. But uh, this week's winner for the $50 gift card is Mike Anglum. Mike Anglum is this week's winner. So congratulations, Mike. 
You'll be hearing from the folks at Game Day Spirit on how to uh, redeem that and what uh, you need to do to do that. So congratulations to Mike Anglum. And uh, Leah Bice from uh, Game Day Spirit is on the line with me. Leah, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good to be here. I'm doing well. Getting more merchandise in, as I said before the break, uh, just about every day, the Big Ten Championship stuff. Tell us uh, about that a little bit. That is correct. We have our full Big Ten Champions collection in store and online at gamedayspirit.com. We have um, our official gear that came out just when the guys won the big game against Iowa, but we also have more styles. We also have gifts available now with like a pennant and stickers and things like that. So lots of great stuff to celebrate that big win for our everyday guys. You're finding a lot of folks interested in that, I'm, I'm sure, right? Yes, especially at this point of the year, a lot of people are just excited for the team and, you know, all the great stuff that's yet to come for uh, the program as a whole. You know, a lot of folks still like to get their hands occasionally on chief items, and uh, that can be done online at Game Day Spirit, correct? That is correct. Online, we have our exclusive chief collection, so if you head to our website, under our Illinois section, you'll see a Chief tab, and that has our full collection. And uh, this weekend, we're actually running a 20% off sale on sweatshirts for the Chiefs. So um, now is a great time to go and shop there. And uh, it's a special collection that we've kept going for uh, many years now. Am I right in assuming that uh, you are basically the only place where Chief merchandise can be purchased? Yes, I, I would say so. And uh, we have kept that open and available as there's a lot of people that love Chief merchandise and we as a company want to keep the historic uh, feel of the Chief alive here at Alina Nation. And I am correct, right, in saying that is online only for the Chief stuff? Yes, online only at gamedayspirit.com. Well, Leah, we appreciate your time. Good to hear what's going on at uh, Game Day Spirit, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Take care. You bet. That's Leah Bice. From Game Day Spirit, got your attention on that. You would, yeah. You were looking for a chief hat. No, oh, well, I got a chief shirt. I got a chief hat. <laughs> My friend Mike Walner gave me that just recently. Okay. He had uh, stuck away somewhere. Gave me that for my birthday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you, I looked at the some of the products they have. They've got the chief sweatshirts and t-shirts and even a, a hockey jersey with a chief on the front. I've got some golf balls with a chief on it. That goes back a little ways too. Yeah, I bet it does. 10.50, we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, open line time if you want to join us, 217-356-9397. So the games today, Mr. Tate, at uh, 5 p.m., Villanova and Houston. Houston is about a two-point favorite in that ballgame. Well, that'll be a battle. Villanova always plays better than you think they would. So you're going to go with Houston on that? Only won thirty-two, three games. The answer is yes, but but I I respect Villanova for what they've been able to do, two national championships in the last six years, and they, you know, they got they just play up to their ability every time. Then a seven forty-five, Arkansas and Duke, the Blue Devils, by three and a half is the line on that. Have you looked at the bracket? Did you know what's next? Possibly next. If Duke wins and North Carolina wins, well, they'll play each other in the final four. First time ever. Yes. They've never played in the tournament ever. Is that uh, some kind of uh, poetic uh, justice with uh, Krzyzewski going out? Well, you think it could that? be. could be. But, you know, 
<laughs> that's the reason that they've never played each other is because in seeding they're always placed in opposite brackets. Right. And therefore, they couldn't meet until the very end anyway. And then usually one of them gets knocked out before they get to the championship. So two games today, two more tomorrow. Tomorrow at 120, it's Kansas against Miami. Bill Self's team, about a six-point favorite. I guess you, and probably even before last night, but right now you'd have to say Kansas is the odds-on favorite to win the whole thing. But Mm -hmm. as we've seen, a lot of different things can happen. And then St. Peter's will play... North Carolina tomorrow at 4 o'clock with the Tar Heels, an eight-point favorite on the line. But uh, the uh, Peacocks are an overwhelming sentimental choice, I would think, of mm-hmm. just about everybody else in the, in the basketball watching that game tomorrow. Did you see the swings in that Providence-Kansas game? Mm-hmm. I mean, Providence played along for the first 15, 16 minutes. They couldn't score. They were still in the teens. For a while, that game looked like it would end in the 40s. Yeah. And then they made this, and, and Kansas had the nice lead, and then all of a sudden Providence makes a great run, and as soon as they catch up, Kansas pulled away again. I'm told there's, by a text, there's a plenty of chief merchandise online at uh, fanatics.com, too. So Fanatics? Mm-hmm. I haven't checked that yet. but uh, That seems like a logical place. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you can get it at game day spirit, certainly. Let's go back to the phones real quick. And Michael in Muhammad. Hey, Michael. Good morning, guys. What's up? One question, one question for you guys uh, watching the Purdue game last night. Were you surprised at all the way that game flowed, that Painter didn't try to at least put those two bigs in at the same time? I know that that's typically what he hasn't done all year. But why not try something different in that situation? They're, they're, they were so much bigger than that other team. Why not try something different at some point? They might have had trouble defending uh, on the other end. I mean, offensively, I, you know, there was a lot of talk about that this year, and then they, he decided to um, just split time between Williams and Edie on the post. But I, I wouldn't – I mean, I don't think that that was a consideration. Man, I would at least – at the 12-minute mark, the way that game was flowing, I would at least given it a run to the next TV timeout just to see what happened. I've never seen them on the floor at the same time. I don't know what that looked like. They, they did it very minimally uh, during the middle of the year. Is that right? I don't remember that. Just, I, just, a, just a couple games I saw that they were in for maybe two minutes at a time. Hmm. But well, I would have given it a shot. I mean, you could see the way that game was playing out, how it was going to go. I would have just rolled the dice and tried something. Well, they were not out of the game at any point, and I, I'm sure he didn't want to – Change what got him there. Well, he knows more about his team, but I certainly would have given it a shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Michael, anything else? Nope, that's it. Thanks. Yep, appreciate the call. 10.55 is the time. If you missed it um, off the top, we uh, told you about baseball winning a doubleheader on the road at Michigan, 11-3 to and 9-2. to Now that series shifts to Champaign, where I said Michigan. I meant Michigan State. Uh-huh. Um it comes to Champaign tomorrow where Illinois will be the visiting team against yeah, the one Michigan. 1 o'clock here, huh? Yeah. So the weather must really be cold up there because it's still only 40 here, and that's what it's supposed to be tomorrow as well. So uh, there's uh, there's that. Softball uh, lost to Purdue 5-3. to three. Men's tennis lost to Ohio State 4 nothing. Women's tennis beat Maryland 4-3. to three. 
We need to take uh, one final break here on Illini Fellas Saturday Sports Talk at 10.56. We'll do that and be back with more after this. Stay with us. The Fellow Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Fella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Fella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Fellaofchampaign.com. Two minutes left on this edition of Illini Pellet, Saturday Sports Talk. Mr. Tate, have you learned, I asked this to Matt Stevens earlier about Illinois football. Did you learn anything in the first week? Well, yeah, they, put, they moved Pinkston to uh, center, which it looks like uh, he might start there. They had Slaughter, and he's back from an injury. I'm just talking about the offensive line now. Uh, I think that... Um, Barlev is going to get a real chance to play. He's a freshman who played briefly last year. He will be a sophomore this coming fall, and he's a big 300-pounder that can looks like he'd be able to uh, play pretty early. Uh, tackles will be settled when Pure, uh, Pearl gets back, and Pearl's got a – he hurt his thumb playing basketball, I guess. And, of course, Palszewski's there at right tackle. So I think I, – I, th- I see it taking shape a little bit. I, I was a little surprised to see Pilsner move to center. He played uh, garden tackle last right. year and did start some games. So it's not as desperate as it might have looked like when we looked at it last year and we thought Palshevsky wouldn't be back. Of course, Kramer and Lowe would be gone. And uh, now uh, Palshevsky's return. They will practice for the first time this spring in pads today. They're kind of working out on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule up until the uh, spring game, which is Set for April the 21st. Mr. That, Tate? That's a Friday night, isn't it? Yes. Thursday night. Thursday night. Yep. It's a Thursday night final. Thursday night. Okay. Yep. Spring game is for sure. Thanks to our guest, Trent Meacham, Big Ten Network analyst, also to Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com, and our buddy Mike Kelly. And thanks for all the folks that called in on this edition. Thanks to Dave Leak, our executive producer of uh, this program. This is Steve Kelly for all those folks on WDWS News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM Champaign-Urbana. Have a good weekend.